This is the Grain Farmers of Ontario Market Trends Commentary for April and May of 2020. A black swan is an unforeseen event that comes out of nowhere to affect market prices. It's been all about COVID-19 for several weeks now, as most of the world has been locked down as we experience the first pandemic since 1918. It is not quite a black swan. It is more like a flock of black swans, which keeps on giving, disrupting agricultural markets like we have never seen before. Across the great North American grain belt, farmers are either planting or about to plant, but they are doing it in a planting environment never seen before. The COVID-19 pandemic is breaking up our supply chains and helping to destroy grain demand. Amid all the calamity, farmers are headed into the fields, risking their lives for the food supply. It is truly a uniquely dark and difficult time. Amid the uproar, the USDA released their latest WASDE report on April 9th. And the April USDA report is usually the poor cousin at this time of year, as the March 31st prospective plannings report usually gets all the attention. Now, despite that, the USDA has lots to say. The showstopper was a decrease in ethanol demand. Buffeted by the cratering in the oil and gas market, USDA cut ethanol demand 420 million bushels, down from 5.425 billion bushels in March to 5.05 billion bushels in their report. Now, thankfully, USDA raised feed and food and residual use by 150 million bushels. With the total corn usage down to 13.865 billion bushels, the 2019-20 ending stocks were increased to 2.092 billion bushels. Globally, ending stocks were up, and the USDA kept Argentinian corn production at 50 million metric tons and Brazil at 101 million metric tons. The USDA increased soybean ending stocks at 480 million bushels, which was up 55 million bushels from the March report. Globally, soybean stocks were decreased, and the USDA cut South American soybean production, Argentina down by 2 million metric tons to 52 million metric tons, Brazil down 1.5 million metric tons to 124.5 million metric tons. USDA raised China's total import numbers by 1 million metric tons to 89 million metric tons, a good reflection that Chinese demand is still robust even within a pandemic, but most satisfied by Brazilian supply. Global wheat supplies were raised by USDA. In fact, they increased American wheat stocks by 30 million bushels to 970 million bushels from their March report. On April 24th, corn, soybean, and wheat futures were lower than the last Market Trends report. The May 2020 corn futures were at 315 a bushel. The May 2020 soybean futures were at 832 a bushel. And the May 2020 Chicago wheat futures closed at 526 a bushel. Minneapolis May 2020 wheat futures closed at 509 a bushel, with the September 2020 contract closing at $5.30 a bushel. The nearby oil futures as of April 24th closed at $16.94 a barrel, down hard from the nearby futures recorded here last in the last Market Trends report of $28.34 a barrel, but up big after going negative for the first time in history the week before. The average price for U.S. ethanol on April 3rd in the U.S. was $1.20 U.S. gallon, the same as $1.20 recorded in the last Market Trends report. And the Canadian dollar noon rate on April 24th was 0.7097 U.S., lower than the 0.7071 U.S. reported here in the last Market Trends report. And the Bank of Canada lending rate remained at 0. 2.5%. In Ontario, farmers are starting to plant corn as of April 24th. There is corn planted in many different areas of Ontario, but this will surely ramp up the week of April 27th if the weather cooperates. This is happening despite issues with the supply chain, as everything from Ontario feed to ethanol demand is being challenged. As the 
price of Ontario corn has dropped during the pandemic, there may be switching out of corn into soybeans. However, as of April 24th, it's too early to tell. Across Canada and the United States, meat processors have closed or slowed down, causing obvious problems for feed demand, which is showing up in Ontario too. Ontario ethanol demand has been cut and some delivery contracts have been deferred out in the future. On the old crop side of the ledger, the cutback in corn for ethanol demand may be in the 350,000 metric ton range, which translates to about 5% of total of the Ontario 2019 corn production. Thankfully, some of this has been picked up with increased Ontario exports into the EU, where Canadian corn has tariff-free access versus American corn. Now, looking ahead, how will this change for the new Ontario corn crop situation? Of course, as of April 24th, hardly any corn is planted and nobody knows the weather ahead. Much will depend on the size and quality of the 2020 crop. Also, too, how much will depend on the Ontario demand equation, how ethanol weathers the COVID-19 pandemic storm. Ditto for Ontario feed demand. As of now, it's all an open question. And you can look at all our Ontario grain prices by going to the marketing section of our website. The bottom line is, there sure is a lot of pain. COVID-19 has changed our world and will continue into the near future. In Ontario, there are 13,995 confirmed cases with 811 deaths as of April 24th. In the United States, there are 958,863 confirmed cases with over 54,000 dead as of April 24th. It is horrific, impacting everyone and shifting the agricultural supply chain too. Moving ahead will be challenging for everyone, especially as some state and provincial governments move to open up the economy again. Eventually, that will mean demand components will come back into our markets. The oil market actually went negative on April 20th, partly because there was no way to store the oil, which was on the market. With an opening of the economy, people will begin driving again. Oil will be back, along with gasoline and ethanol, to corn's advantage. Ditto for soybeans and wheat. The question will be, when will this happen and how gradual? The world might need to eat, but we found out that food demand is so much more complex than what we once thought. Weather is still a great equalizer in the market, even during the pandemic. Before this started, there was big grain supplies almost everywhere. However, over time, weather can be the great equalizer. As of late April, Argentina and Brazil have gone through an extended dry period, which has cut their production. In fact, a recent estimate from the USDA's attaché in Argentina has cut Argentina's corn crop by 1.5 million metric tons, down to 48.5 million metric tons. On the contrary, wet weather forecasts in the United States eastern corn belt will surely challenge the start of corn planting there. China continues to be somewhat of a wild card. They are committed to buy 40 to $50 billion worth of U.S. agricultural commodities during the Phase 1 agreement in the United States. China's soybean purchases from the U.S. add up to 22.3 million bushels this crop year, which is an earlier pace than usual. This is somewhat surprising based on Brazil's cheaper soybean discount compared to the U.S. Gulf prices over the last few weeks. Needless to say, China's soybean imports are expecting to break their own record levels this year, a positive for farmers amid a world of negativity. Now for corn, a crystal ball and a fortune teller are needed for corn prices. An argument can be made when the pandemic is over and society gets back to normal, we'll start driving again and gasoline use will increase with the corresponding ethanol blend. If your crystal ball says we're back to normal soon, so will corn demand. If not, it's going to be a slow march back for corn. May corn dip to 301 on April 21st, and of course many are asking if this is the 
pandemic low. Prices are low for sure, with most cash values in the United States having a $2 cash handle. Clearly, with planters rolling all over the U.S. farm country, it'll be telling if the switch is on to soybeans. The May-July 2020 corn future spread is currently minus 7 and quarter cents per bushel, which is considered bearish. Seasonally, corn prices tend to trade up through June, but COVID-19 has upset that turnip wagon. The May 2020 corn crop contract is currently priced in the ninth percentile of the past five-year price distribution range. These are very cheap corn prices. Now, for soybeans, in many ways, soybean prices have been better off versus corn. However, the problem is the livestock sector impacts soybean meal too. It's been difficult, especially at a time when Brazilian soybeans have been cheaper than American soybeans. Of course, there is also the specter of a big switch in the U.S. corn belt from corn to soybeans this spring. China has been buying American soybeans in the week previous to April 24th, and why not at these cheap prices? In fact, much of this has been for August and September delivery. It's a good sign and one that will need to be sustained for increased soybean prices. With China's soybean imports actually projected to increase this year, it's a small signal that the demand is being sustained, even amid all the problems with COVID-19 and African swine fever. The May-July 2020 soybean future spread is currently minus 7 and a quarter cents as of April 24th, which is considered sideways. Seasonally, soybeans tend to trade up into July, which surely may be altered this year by the pandemic. The nearby May contract is currently in the 12th percentile of the past five-year price distribution range. Now, for wheat, corn to some extent is holding wheat down. Now, that's a new one. With the cratering of the energy markets, ethanol and the lack of driving, it's been terrible for corn demand. Wheat, on the other hand, has seen a bit of a renaissance as people stay home and consume more flour. Wheat prices have been more buoyant because of that, as well as a dryness in the production areas in Russia, the Ukraine, and northeastern Europe. As we move ahead, hopefully this new wheat demand spawned during the pandemic will become institutionalized. In the meantime, there is a lot more wheat in Ontario versus last year. However, it's not looking as good as of April 24th as it might have three weeks previous as a cold April has held it back. However, producers have been have had standing orders hit over $7, which is higher than the past few years. Cash basis for corn in the old days, like December 2019, was quite good, and bullish arguments could be made. The same could be said for soybeans and wheat if you searched hard at the time. COVID-19 changed everything. What were the chances that a virus first reported in China would completely change your agricultural commodity outlook at that time? Nobody saw it coming quite like this, and it serves as a bit of a lesson in hindsight how geopolitical events can change the world. Add in the Saudi-Russia dust-up in the oil market, market, and we have unique conditions coming together to usurp markets. We got steamrolled. Now, if we could only get some bullish surprises. Canadian dollar has represented the bullish safety net for Ontario farmers. On March 19th, the Canadian dollar reached down to $0.68 U.S., but as of April 24th, stands at .7097 U.S., Previous to March 1st, the loonie had been fluttering near $0.75 U.S. for many months, and this continues to provide a stimulus to soybean and wheat basis levels, which triggered $12 soybean orders and $7.40 wheat pricing orders. Corn is a bit different, but clearly the loonie is providing marketing opportunities, even at very low grain price levels. It's back to that second layer of grain pricing in Ontario, the balance between foreign exchange and futures levels. Any futures rate cut by the Bank of Canada will be negative for the loonie. But needless to say, cutting the interest rates when it's already at 0.25% seems extreme. 
However, keep in mind, these are extreme times. The priority for Ontario grain farmers is first to keep themselves healthy and maintain that toward their employees and people working in our supply chain. Daily market intelligence will remain keen. It's dry in the Black Sea grain belt, as well as northeastern Europe and southern Brazil. China is buying American soybeans. We've gotten here in the most unusual and somewhat dangerous way. The challenge ahead is to not only work safely, but to have those marketing price orders in place. The grain markets aren't taking the day off, despite the extreme conditions and extreme volatility. There will be many marketing opportunities ahead. Getting there will be the challenge. This has been the Grain Farmers of Ontario Market Trends Commentary for April and May of 2020. I'm Philip Shaw.